name is Marielle, and I'm the founder of Travel Experiences Reimagined, the podcast for travel enthusiasts, wanderlusts, and adventure seekers, craving to learn more about tours and excursions from all over the world through the eyes of a new tour guide or host each episode. Hi, everyone. When you think of Portugal, what comes to mind? Pastel de Nais? Gorgeous sunsets in Lisbon? Beaches in the Algarve coast? What if I told you that there was an amazing tour company that offers unique walking tours in Lisbon for both people who have never been to Portugal, along with experienced travelers who have been multiple times to learn something new? I'm delighted to have on Katia, co-founder of This Is Lisbon Walking Tours, where she offers a variety of incredible tours within Lisbon, from walking tours to vegan tours and unique tours in between to both travelers and tourists just like you. Welcome, Katia. Did I miss anything? Hello. <laughs> Thank you very much for the beautiful presentation. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'd love to start off every episode with a bit of your background, other places you've lived, other jobs you've had, just to give the listeners a little bit more of an idea about you. Well, I I always worked as a tour guide. I I start working uh, in 2004 more or less and it was always my main job. Uh, but as this is a profession that allows me to do so many different tasks and tours and to travel not just in Portugal but all over the world, I end up uh, traveling a little bit uh, with my job, with this profession. So I actually worked, for example, closely with FIFA for the World Championships of Football and European Cup too. Um, and I also had the experience to work in Austria, in Vienna, in an art gallery, as also in New York um, at the Guggenheim Museum. Uh, but uh, always related to tourism, always related to uh, work with the visitors. At the museums, I was dealing with the, with the visitors, not doing the tours of the museum, but with visitors services, for example, uh, welcoming them, and especially with people that wouldn't speak English or German in the case of Austria uh, on those countries. But it's mainly that, uh, mainly this, this is my, my job. <laughs> That's okay. I love that you worked in FIFA and you've worked at art galleries all over the world in some incredible places. I think so many people would love that lifestyle to a certain degree. And with your expertise and knowing multiple languages, I'm sure that's truly, truly helped you get to where you are today. But I'd yes. love to know yes. what made you become a tour guide, right? Because it seems like you've done art galleries and you've worked various different companies and jobs. Like, why would you want to become even a tour guide before we get into why you started your tour guide business? Well, you know, it was um, it was really, I, I, I don't have, for example, any, well, at the time when I was choosing what I wanted to be when I finished college. Uh, it's not that I had, I knew someone that was already a tour guide or someone from my family or friends, but when was that moment that we have to decide what to do next? What do we want to study in college? At the time in Portugal, they give us 
a little book that talks about all the colleges and the degrees that you may apply. And I was reading about a degree in tour guiding. And when I was reading it, I was seeing, oh my God, this has history and art history and languages. And this is a job that allows me to travel, uh, to be outside. So uh, it was like a combination of everything that I actually like. <laughs> so to me it was, oh my God, this is the perfect job. Um, but I was a bit afraid because it was completely unknown to me or to people that I, I, I knew at the time. But talking with my parents, they were really nice and supportive. And they said, well, it seems the perfect combination. So, of course, do try. And if you don't like, you change. So my parents were really important on that moment. And so I decided to apply. Uh, I entered in that degree and I never regret it, really. It, it's really a combination of what I love, all the subjects that I love, and especially this idea of not having a, a routine and to be outside. I don't see myself inside an office, for example. <laughs> First of all, I love that you came up with that conclusion, right? A lot of times, so many of us are on our own journey to quote-unquote figure it out, and that can be really overwhelming and intimidating, but yes. the fact that you were able to say, I love art, I love history, but I want to be outside, I want to be moving, and I don't need this conventional nine to five schedule. I can have a job that I can be successful in without the four walls, right, of a cube. So I love that you've come to that conclusion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'd love to know, talk me through This Is Lisbon Walking Tours. What made you want to start your own business? What made you come up with the name? I'd love to hear a little bit of the history and story behind This Is Lisbon Walking Tours. Well, uh, This Is Lisbon Walking Tours uh, started in 2015. So, which means that I was already working for about 10 years. <laughs> um, and at the time, it's... Um, this period when walking tours become a thing, you know, like a trend, something new. And I was realizing that in Lisbon, I was seeing this offer of people that were not official tour guides, but were doing these walking tours. And so I thought to myself, well, if I'm an official meaning certified uh, tour guides by the government. That's what I mean by an official and certified guide. Um, and I have all these years of experience. Why shouldn't I try to do my own walking tours? And the, my idea was the difference to, to this offer uh, to the client is that he would do the tour with the local that is a professional too. So like having, let's say, the best of the two worlds, uh, because you, I was, people are going to do the tour with someone from Lisbon, born and raised in Lisbon, but that has this degree, right? And that has this certification from the government. So I asked a few friends and colleagues 
also tour guides in the same situation. And I said, what do you think? Do you want to try? Let's see what happens, what comes from this. And they got on board <laughs> and we created at the time uh, a few specific uh, tours under a theme uh, like uh, the Jewish uh, heritage tour or a food tour. At the time, we also created the cinema tour, like mentioning films that were done in Lisbon, uh, like the Discoveries tour. Uh, so we started like that. Um, and we thought about the name. We were like, how, how could we call our company or our group? And suddenly one of us just said, what about this is Lisbon? <laughs> Because this is, we are going to talk about the history of the city, but we also want to talk about the daily life, the present Because I, I don't see a tour guide as just a person that talks about the past. Uh, I see the tour guide as an ambassador of a country, of a city. So it has to be the face of that city on the past, but talking about the present and about the future. So it's this combination that makes a city, that shows what a city is, And so in all our tours, we combine this idea, the past, the present, and the future together, showing what is really the city of Lisbon and living in Lisbon. And so we come out with this, this is Lisbon. <laughs> First of all, I love everything you're saying. I love how you came up with the company, how you came up with the name. I love the variety of tours that you're offering, but what sticks out to me is this past, present, future. I find this very fascinating to talk about because a lot of times with tours, you're really talking about the past yeah. and a little bit of present, but it's interesting you're also going into the future of what the future of Lisbon could be. So I just love that that's a common thread in all of your tours, which leads me to a question of asking you, talk to me a little logistics about a common thread of your tours. How many people are on your tours? Do you offer public, private? Is it a three-hour tour? Is it a you know an eight-hour tour? Give me a little bit of details and summary about what can somebody expect when going on any one of your tours on Lissa's Lisbon Walking Tours. Okay, so, well, we have a big variety, actually, uh, because I think this, this comes from first being business for already a long time, uh, but also because we are certified guides. So we can offer many different tours, not being just uh, a small uh, tour, longer tours. We can even offer outside Lisbon. We can offer tours actually all over the country because in Portugal, there's um, a difference from other countries that when we become an official guide, we are national guides. This has to do with the dimension of the country because it's not that big, so we can actually learn about the entire country and present the country. In other countries, it's more difficult because the regions are so big that you become more specialized in a specific area. And for that reason, um, I think the best way when we someone reach us is first to tell us which city they want to visit. 
because we don't offer just Lisbon. We offer also the surroundings of Lisbon, like Sintra, which is a day trip, the mountain where were the palaces of summertime during the monarchy in the country. We offer in Cascais, which is a city by the Atlantic, an old fishing village. But we can also go further. We can go south. To, we can go to the north. So we have this big variety. Of course, we have already some tours that are designed. And we do have like two hours tour tours that this is perfect for someone that doesn't have a lot of time, that they prefer something very specific and they just want this little idea and then be free. Uh, we have four-hour tours, like uh, we call the half-day tours because you can spend the entire morning or the afternoon with us. So it's longer in sense that we can enter in monuments, we can walk in different neighborhoods, so we can combine more areas of the city. But we also offer a day tour, like eight hours. So it always depends on what the, the tourist wants, wants to see. And we can create private in the sense that it's just for that person that contact us with the friends or the family that they come, or even if they are alone, of course. Um, so, and we create uh, the tour specifically for that person. We can tailor-made the, the, the itinerary uh, according to the timings and the interests, interests of the, the client. Um, or we can... Uh, add that person to a tour that is going to, to happen on a specific date in a specific hour. And we have a group um, of people that don't know each other. If we are doing a walking tour, we usually don't like to have more than 15, let's say maximum of 20 guests. And why? Because we think that is much more comfortable for everybody. Because smaller groups walking in Lisbon are better. The city is quite tricky and there are areas that is like a labyrinth with really tiny little streets and alleys. Even the, the, the sidewalks are very narrow. So when we, when we have groups with 30 or 40 people walking, it's like when, when you do a turn, you don't even see the end of the group. Um, and so we prefer to have smaller groups to create a better energy with the people and also to give them time to ask us questions, to share their ideas, to share their stories too, so that we have time for everybody to talk with each other. Um, when we do tours with buses because if you imagine if there's a client, someone that wants to book uh, a tour with us, but it's for a bigger group and we rent a bus. So, of course, we can be with 30, 40 uh, people. Uh, it really depends on the itinerary that they want to, to do. But the walking tours, maximum 20. Okay. Thank you for sharing that and going into the specifics 
of your private tours and your public tours and how many people because a lot of times people just don't know right once in a blue it's not on a website so I appreciate you breaking that down I think that's really important and for anyone interested of course in booking this is Lisbon walking tours uh, that's very very helpful I do want to ask you though you offer quite a bit of different experiences and tours to go on I'd be curious to know what is your most unique tour that you offer and it could be one or two that you'd like to share but I'm curious on this because again you offer like long full day tours into Sintra but you also offer walking tours in Lisbon and just a variety of tours in between so I'm curious on your most unique one something that's different that maybe people wouldn't expect to go on or and they'd be really intrigued to go on so I'd love to hear some of your thoughts around that well I think um our let's say <laughs> top three <laughs> uh, tours in Lisbon are the Jewish Heritage Tour, which is a walking tour, uh, also the Old Shops Tour, uh, and the Elevators of Lisbon. I think these three are the ones that people usually ask, what is it about uh, when they contact us? Um, because they are quite specific, right? And especially the Jewish Heritage Tour can have a very specific audience, although it creates curiosity um, in, in a lot of tourists. Um, which makes it special is because we go through the city talking about this heritage in our city, but as Lisbon doesn't have actually many things to see because a lot of this, the things that existed, they were lost with the big earthquake of 1755. Uh, so the, the guide that does this tour, uh, she takes um, a tablet with her and she shows images of uh, the things that were in the city, how Lisbon was and what we could find before there. Um, so it comes, it, you know, it's this interactive tour that gives life to something that we can actually not see anymore. Um, the elevators of, of Lisbon is uh, also one of the, the, the favorite of our guests because as Lisbon is the city of the seven hills, <laughs> Uh, the trams, the funiculars, the lifts are quite famous and they are quite old. They are over a hundred years old. So I think it's fun to discover the city uh, having this in mind, the lifts in mind, because we actually ride with some of these funiculars during the tour. And as they are such a symbol of the city, and all tourists, they read about, especially the tram, the famous 28 tram, they read about it, they want to ride it, they want to know and to go through the little alleys. Um, so I think that's why we have so many requests uh, about this tour. And it's fun. And not just fun for adults, but fun for kids too. Because uh, family with children, they really love this tour. Because then the kids, they, they like to ride the tram, they like to ride the funiculars, they do a lot of questions, they want to see how the machine works. Um, so it's really fun uh, for people that travel with, with kids. 
And then this old historical shops tour, I think it's quite amazing in Lisbon because we have a, a program in the city that was created by the, the, the town hall, the, the local government, to protect the local commerce. And the idea is that um, they give support to these families that own these shops for generations. Like these are shops that are they exist in the, the city since the 18th century. So we are talking about the 1700s. And the thing is, they want to support these families because they sell products that we can't find anywhere else that are really specific. And at the same time, they are a symbol of the city, of the history of the city. Um, and so these are really beautiful places that from the architecture, the decoration, till the product they sell, we can learn about the history of the city uh, and, and still see how important they are in our daily life nowadays. So I think these are our top three uh, tours. And another one that, if you allow me... Sure, no, I was going to say, if you have any more, um, go... Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Uh, it's, um, it's the vegan tour also. Um, because in this is a, a recent one. Uh, we were actually launching this tour in 2020, then you know what happened, right? <laughs> you know, that <laughs> thing called COVID. Yes, that thing. Um, so we actually end up just doing one tour um, at the time, but we are bringing it back and we are having requests uh, about that tour. And I like to mention it because there are not many places where you can find a vegan tour in, in Lisbon. And again, what we decided to do was not just to be a food tour just to eat whatever is vegan, but to show that you can eat the traditional Portuguese cuisine in its vegan version and connected it to the history of the city and how the vegan community is growing so much in Lisbon. So to make this connection, uh, and that's how we want to make our vegan tour different from from the other uh, offers that people may find. I love that. First of all, I love all the unique tours that you offer. I only wish when I went to Lisbon, I did any of these. So if anyone's listening yeah. and going to Lisbon, definitely recommend any you of have these to tours. Come back. Yes, I know. I, I need to come back. Um, but also for <laughs> listeners wanting to go, for sure, this is a to do. I did not do tram 28. Um, I actually didn't do any of the trams. I walked the whole city when I was there. And I can tell mm -hmm. for anybody going, it is hilly. Wear comfortable shoes. Um, yes. You won't regret that <laughs> because it's it's like flat in certain parts. And then all of a sudden you go up these hills and you think, oh, is this like going to end? Um, but it's definitely worth wearing very comfortable shoes and just really enjoying Lisbon with any one of these tours. Because like I said, they sound absolutely amazing. But I want to challenge you on a question really quick. Now, my favorite dessert there, and I don't even want to call it dessert because I know Portuguese people eat this, is the pastel de nice. And if anyone doesn't know, it's essentially like a custard cup. I mean, you can, Katia, say this uh, better than me. 
but <laughs> it was so good. Do you have anywhere vegan that people can try one of these and also a place that is maybe underrated that's not vegan? Because this is such a food that I never thought I would like. I'm not a custard person, but as soon as I tried it, it was like love at first sight. I just loved eating it and it was just absolutely delicious. Mm-hmm. They are delicious. <laughs> and you are right. We don't we don't say that it's a dessert because we eat it in the morning, in the middle of the morning, after lunch, in this, as a snack at 5 p.m. It's whenever you feel like you eat that custard tart, right? <laughs> Uh, uh, the the custard tart yes we do have a vegan custard tart Uh, there's a cafe that started that idea more or less at the time that uh, we we wanted to plan the vegan tour in 2020 and they became really famous that they have already two cafes now in in lisbon and Uh, Also, as a curiosity, for gluten-free, there's also a gluten-free custard tart. Yes, it's possible. Um, And this this tart, this is like um, the the main, the, the, the original recipe is the one from the Pastel de Belém the famous cafe in Belém area by the monastery of St. Jerome. You were there on that one? I believe so. It's been a few years. I actually went to Lisbon December 2019. So it's been a few years, but I might have been there. All I remember was it was this really tiny, tiny place that was cranking out these pastel de nights. And it was like, you know, they all joke, it's this granny making them, right? That was the thing, it's granny making these. And I'd be curious to know, again, a place that's vegan or gluten-free that you can buy one of these and also a non-vegan place that you think people should check out that may be underrated or may not be as well known to tourists, but to locals, it's an absolute staple. Well, the thing is, it's, quite hard i must say because uh, it's the the thing about the pastel de nata is that every cafe has its own recipe because the original recipe it's still a secret a huge secret and only the original one can be called the pastel de belém because it's the one that is sold there in the belém area just as a curiosity for everybody that is listening to us uh, this was a recipe written by the monks of the monastery. And when they left uh, the country to make money, they sold the recipe to the sugar factory that was there. They started baking the cakes and it was immediately a success. And they opened as a cafe in 1837. So that cafe is on that place since 1837. And everybody that works on that cafe, they have to sign a document saying they will never reveal the recipe or the ingredients of the recipe. And they are even divided in groups. So it's like each group knows a part of the recipe. And they sell 30,000 tarts, custard tarts per day. Wait, 30,000 a day. Yes. (laughs) Those people must be working around the clock. Yeah, they are. It's like, I think they open at seven 
or 8 a.m., something like that, and they close 11 p.m. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the thing is that then everybody wanted to find the recipe. So people started to try to make the, the tarts. And that's the reason why the copies are called pastel de nata. Okay? So only the original one is called Belém. The others are called pastel de nata. And if you try a custard tart in every cafe, it tastes completely different. So it's like, maybe I should create a pastel de nata tour. <laughs> hey, here we go brainstorming on the podcast. You know, you people would be into that. <laughs> I'm telling you, people like myself would, and if foodies out there listening to this, this may be a tour and you heard it here yeah. first. So I think that's really fun um, and super cool. So thank you for sharing the history of that. I think that's really important to know as part of the culture of Lisbon. I think a lot of times... When you, I think of, you know, I'm out, from outside of New York. And when you think of New York culture, you think of the arts, you think of museums, you think of food, you think of fashion, you just think of the energy and the ambiance of New York. And so with Lisbon, what I'd love to ask you is, how do you define the culture of Lisbon, right? When I went there, some of the things I can think of, I love that it was a city, right, or town, but it wasn't too big. It was quaint. It felt quintessential. It was beautiful. It was lovely. It was just a wonderful place to be. And so I'd love to hear it from a local like yourself. What are some words, phrases, thoughts that you feel about the culture in Lisbon in general and why people should really travel there? Mm -hmm. um, I think first, the first thing that always comes to mind and that a lot of people mention when they think about Lisbon is the light um, because as we don't have that huge tall buildings right we don't even have skyscrapers um, and we are a city by the water by the river we do have this sun and light for long hours and it's like you see the ray lights touching the ground. So just that creates a very special atmosphere to the, to the city. And then I think what makes Lisbon special is also that we find uh, areas like Alfama, the old town, where we really feel that we are in an ancient place with these old stones and old buildings. Um, but then we walk, as you mentioned, Lisbon, especially the historical part and the central part, it's not that huge town, right? It's, you can walk in the city and change from neighborhood to neighborhood walking. Um, and, and then suddenly you are in a bit more modern area and you walk a little bit more and then you have houses surrounded by gardens um, and then you have monuments that remind you the time of the discoveries i think it's this surprise in every corner uh, that amazes people and then the decoration with the tiles the famous ceramic tiles on the facades makes it also very special 
and the hills, seeing the trams passing by. So it's like, uh, I feel that Lisbon is quite um, a city that we could think about movies. It's funny that only now, very recently, we are being, Lisbon is being chosen as a place for sets for films. But actually, Lisbon could be uh, really a scenery of many films. And I, I think it has to do with that. And then, because locals, we, we live in a very calm rhythm. Although Lisbon is the capital, but the Portuguese, we do like to live life and enjoy life. So... One thing that you notice when you arrive in Lisbon, and especially if you come from New York, is that the rhythm changes, right? It's no rush. Please stop, relax, enjoy. <laughs> Even in restaurants, and maybe you felt that, um, we don't have this culture of sitting, eat, go away. It's not that. Like a meal is very important for the Portuguese. Being at the table is where you meet your friends, is where you talk about your day, is where you go after work just to have a beer, drink by the water, relax a little bit. So I think this um, slowing down, the rhythm of enjoying life also appeals to, to tourists because you immediately feel like, Oh, yeah, maybe I should enjoy life. <laughs> <laughs> I love Quiet. that, first of all. I absolutely love that because I argue that feels like a lot of Europe. You know, I remember going to Italy and feeling that way too. In New York, it's almost like they kind of push you out to turn tables. And that seems to be a lot of America, even though I've only been mostly East Coast. But generally speaking, you go out to eat, you have a meal, you hang out for a little bit, you go home. But when I was in Europe and just really anywhere in Europe, it's so relaxing. It's so nice. It's so calm. And from the crazy of New York to go somewhere a bit calmer and a bit happier, right, and just slowing down a bit is wonderful. And I think for anyone looking to, quote unquote, slow down a bit and really enjoy and embrace themselves, Lisbon is a wonderful city for that. And even I did some sunsets where I would you know, try to find the best quote unquote sunset. And even just looking at sunsets and overviewing the hills in Lisbon and just the beauty of it really is something I will never forget. And it's just so memorable and so wonderful. So thank mm. you for sharing all of that. If two more questions before we slowly-ish wrap up. My first question is when it comes to getting around Lisbon and also the towns outside, would you argue that Lisbon is good to walk around and take trams? And if you wanted to go to Sintra or other towns surrounding, is it good to take a bus for the day, walk around, and then come back to Lisbon? I'd love to know because a lot of times logistics can scare people, including myself, going to a new city. And so I'd love to know just the best ways to get around because I too actually took the train in Lisbon and I didn't find it super difficult. So I'm curious on some of your thoughts around this. Well, I, I think uh, it, if your experience, it was not difficult, right? I, I, and I, I think the same, especially if what you want to visit is Sintra and Cascais, because if you plan to visit Lisbon, I would say minimum three days just for the city itself. 
But if you have a little bit more time, then spend one day in Sintra, spend another day in Cascais, and those two you can easily go by train. And really, it's not scary, it's very easy, um, and people help you. I think that's another characteristic of the Portuguese, is that we are actually friendly, um, and we do have this welcome culture, maybe because we always were a country of immigrants, so we know how important it is to be in a country that we don't know and to be welcome, to feel welcome. So any person, if, if you stop and ask for help, they will help you. And even if they don't know how to speak English, they will probably tell you to go with them to the ticket office so they will help you to buy the ticket and almost put you inside the train so you can go on your ride. And the thing is that we have two train stations. They are different ones. And from one station, you can take a train and in 40 minutes, you are in Cascais. And it's so easy because it's once it stops, last stop is the one that you should go out. So there's no way you can get lost. And it happens the same when you go to Sintra. You go to a different train station, but it's exactly the same. It takes more or less the same time, the 40 minutes. And again, is the final stop, the final station is Sintra. And so you can then spend the rest of the day outside because those places are not huge. The towns are very small and you can really organize the tour on your own and walk there and feel safe. And at the end of the day, return because um, Lisbon is also considered one of the safest cities in the world. So we really do have a very um, low rate in crime. So it's really, especially and speaking as a woman, uh, I, I'm not afraid of riding the train or even the subway or the tram, even if it's late. I really feel safe. So if you are planning to do that, don't be afraid. It's quite easy and it's safe. And then it's not expensive at all because the train tickets they cost between two and three euros so imagine how much you can save uh, instead of riding with a cab for example and going by train and if you want to go to other cities a bit further of course then it has to be buses but then you might need to plan a bit uh, more um, to see other towns but these ones near lisbon i think very easily and very cheap and you can can do with public transit. Awesome. Thank you so much, Katia, for that. And I do want to note on the part when you mentioned about being a female because I went with a girlfriend of mine to Lisbon and I felt very safe in Lisbon. I didn't feel nervous. I didn't feel scared. I felt very comfortable, very safe. So for any females out there listening to this, ready to go. Um, people are very helpful, and I also find that people know English um, in Portugal quite better than the rest of Europe, mm -hmm. if I may argue and add that, which was really surprising, um, but in a good way. So for anyone who speaks English and not another language, definitely Portugal is a place to go. So definitely love that. Yeah. And Katia, I have one more question for you. 
It's a question I love to ask at the end of every episode is how do you want people to feel after they experience any one of your tours with you? Uh, how do I want them to feel? Um, especially uh, happy. <laughs> uh, I really... I really love when they when they end and they are with a big smile and they say, oh my God, this was such a surprise. We learned so much, but in a fun way. And you mentioned so many things about the daily life too. Um, and, and they say, I never thought that this was here or I never thought that I would see this. So, you know, when is this mixture of surprise um happiness and um memorizing also some things you know like they learn something that they will take with them um and also personally me i i, I like to 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 talk with people in a way also to make them think about some subjects you know because for me tourism is an industry that should connect people in the world because if we travel it's because we are open-minded right it's because we want to learn about the other it's because we respect the other and we want to know how the other lives what are their ideas the habits the culture so i think we should always have, uh, uh, you know, like this food for thought, for, for thought or uh, because it's this idea that uh, you take something with you that might change your life too, or a way that you could see something and you realize that it's different to make you think about it. <laughs> And 100%, it's this whole idea of food for thought, and it's this idea of being open-minded to travel. I've met some amazing people in my life. It's part of the reason I started this podcast, mm -hmm. because I did tours with different tour guides, and their story, and their background, and learning about them, and learning about their culture, and the area that you're in, it just gives you a more well-rounded perspective, and it really makes you open-minded for really mind, body, and soul. So I just couldn't agree with you more there. And Katia, I never like to wrap these up, but you have been amazing. Lisbon is a city that I love and adore, and I hope so many others listening to this should go, decide to go, think about going, or if you've gone, go back again, mm -hmm. right? It's a wonderful city. It's been amazing to learn about your background, all the cities and countries that you've lived, the jobs that you've had, what led you to become a tour guide, to learning all about the amazing tours you offer. I love the uniqueness and the localness to you that people really can feel safe and secure and know that they're going on an exceptional tour. They're going to learn so much from you and just learning again about the history of even Pastel de Nights, right? <laughs> Who knew all of that? Um, maybe other listeners have, but I know I haven't. But I would love for you to shamelessly plug away your website, your social media, and most importantly, how can people book any kind of tour with you? Well, so you can reach us through This is Lisbon Walking Tours on Instagram. This is how we are named on Instagram. This is Lisbon Walking Tours. 
You find us on Instagram, on Facebook, also our website. You just uh, reach us out, message us, talk with us, saying, I'm going this day. This is what I'm planning. Do you agree? What can we do from here? Um, and we discuss the design of your tour because that's what we even um, appreciate more about this is to create the tour in a special way for each guest. Um, so it's really Instagram, Facebook, or our website. And you can write us in English, French, German, Spanish, and Italian. <laughs> I love all of the languages. <laughs> because we are this, this group. Um, it's not just me. It's me with now two other colleagues. Anna and Carla, they are in this adventure with, with me. Uh, and among the three of us, we speak all these different languages. So even if you don't speak English, if it's another one, uh, do reach us out because probably one of us can be your uh, tour guide. <laughs> and I hope you come back and uh, tour with us and meet meet us too. <laughs> Me too. I would love to come back to Lisbon. Thank you so much, Katia, for sharing where people can find you and where people can book a tour with you. And thank you for creating this podcast, for giving us also these opportunities and for sharing your love for traveling. Thank you so much for tuning into Travel Experiences Reimagined podcast. Click the subscribe button to learn about a new tour guide or host each week, where you'll find out more about how they got started, talking in detail about their experience, and any fun facts or tips that they'd like to share. Do you have an experience that you would like others to learn about, whether it is a tour, excursion, adventure, or experience? Fill out our form online on our website at www travelexperiencesreimagined.com for a chance to share your story and experience so others can learn more about what you have to offer.